Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are bringing you an exciting episode in the exciting month of April 29th to the even more exciting month of May to the 5th in the somewhat exciting year of 1997. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. That was quite the lead up. All right, let's dive right in. April 29th, Dangerfield loses Supreme Court appeal. Rodney Dangerfield, the comic who constantly complains of getting no respect, failed Monday in a Supreme Court bid to wring more money from a supermarket tabloid that labeled him a drunkard and drug user. The court, without comment, let stand the ruling that limited Dangerfield's libel award to $45,000 against Star Magazine. So he got some respect. He got $45,000 of respect. That's like a year's worth of, you know, decent wages. Year's worth of respect. Also, I love that they labeled him a drunkard. I want to know if it specifically said drunkard. I think it did. That seems to be, uh, yeah, yeah, terminology. It is actual terminology. It's yeah. just, I find it very hokey and ancient. You're a drunkard and a fornicator. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of which, this has actually nothing to do with it. Oh. April 30th. In a world still dominated by VHS tapes. <laughs> oh, we got to do that guy. In a world still dominated by VHS tapes. He was huge in the 90s. We're going to talk about him eventually. Yeah. Anyway, Jumanji on April 30th came out on DVD today. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, DVD players had just started going on sale in the US and I'm assuming Canada too the previous month and if Wikipedia is somewhat accurate, only 16 other DVDs had been released so far. This was the 17th, potentially, the 17th DVD ever released in North America. Holy crap. Good job, Robin Williams. He was up on the times. He really was. I think, like, it's a big deal to be one of the first DVDs. Like, up there was, like, Blade Runner and Mm -hmm. Twister for some reason. All right, May 1st, Netscape chief to forego salary. The Netscape Communications Corporation said yesterday that its chief executive, James L. Barksdale, which is not the name of a fictitious dog CEO. That's what I wrote in the comments. (laughs) Did you? I wrote, yeah. That's, oh my God, I'm not even there I wrote that in my notes. That's funny. James L. Barksdale had chosen not to receive any salary or cash bonuses for 1997 because the company's stock price had fallen by two-thirds in the last year. <laughs> James L. Barksdale sounds like a fake name you'd give to a dog. Yeah. I love that we're on the same page slash it I should have really read does. ahead. No, no, no. It's so much better yeah. that way. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah, Netscape. Rest yeah. in peace. Well, th- this is interesting. They still had over 70% of the web browser market share at this point and still managed to be failing super bad. Netscape was still on top. Like, Internet Explorer was still relatively new and only had a market share of maybe like 10, 20%. But that's a comparable. I would bet that even up until, you know, a few years ago, if only due to governments and old people, Internet Explorer was probably on top of the game, right? Yeah, Internet Explorer probably still... I it think might still be. Chrome that's might terrifying. have it beat out now but that's just because of the like juggernaut that is google may 2nd 42 million tune in to watch a coming out the coming out on ellen turned into a party beyond abc's wildest expectations as the situational comedy attracted the biggest rating of any regularly scheduled show on the network this season attracting 42 million viewers estimated wow the hour-long episode had apparently been publicized for months and was accompanied by a public announcement by ellen degeneres that she herself is a lesbian and I remember this. Like, do you remember? Like, oh, yeah. This was a big deal back in the yeah, day. Yeah, it was like, huge. Oh, my God. There's a gay person on the TV. Everyone had opinions, and many of them were not were terrible. Uh, yeah. I'm glad we've come some ways from this. I mean, what? Like, it must have been like a year or two later that we got Dharma and Greg. Yeah, Will and, and Grace. That's what I mean. I know. Goodbye, Will and Grace. 
Hello, Dharma and Greg. That segued so well. <laughs> and now Ellen's got her own, what, like cable access talk show or something? She's doing fine, I'm sure. May 3rd, the Spice Girls attend the Cannes Film Festival to announce their plans to hit the big screen with Spice World, the movie. <laughs> oh, Spice World. I don't care how much you like Spice Girls, that movie was god-awful. It was. It really was. I, I, I still like Spice World, but I can clearly admit that it was a fucking terrible movie. That's okay, we have another story. It's much better. A toy with a present, and maybe even a future. May 1997 was when the Tamagotchi launched in North America. Holy crow. I had oh, yeah. probably 30 of them. Well, I had like one. No, nah, I didn't have 30 of them. I think I actually had three or four, though. I, I think I had one, and then I had, a, I had a Digimon, and it got stolen out of my locker. Ooh. I had one of the original Digimon. Like, it really? Was a rectangle the, like the rectangle? With, yeah, with yeah. a brick pattern on it. Yeah, those yeah. were cool. Stolen out of my locker. So, I was so I, distraught about that. I think I had three or four Tamagotchis. I know in one, like, the battery melted inside of it. Um, one of them got stepped on, and I think the remaining two, I don't even know where they came from. So, yeah, this thing was already a huge craze. I mean, the Tamagotchi, it was probably the first time that my life was completely consumed by a portable electronic device, because I didn't get my Game Boy until a little later. Certainly not the last. Yeah. Um, this was cell phones before cell phones. Mm-hmm. A little snippet from the article that uh, that I got this from. So this is from May 3rd, two days after the Tamagotchi launched. If the first two days of sales are any guide, the Tamagotchi craze that swept Japan may have been successfully transplanted to the United States. F.A.O. Schwartz's flagship store on Fifth Avenue in New York was wiped out of its initial 10,000 unit order before noon yesterday. Oh. So in a little over 24 hours, F.A.O. Schwartz managed to sell 10,000 of these. And F.A.O. Schwartz isn't even that big for I a keychain toy crazy at least they probably all fit on the shelves like they don't take up much room that's true may 4th beijing is new air apparent spelt a-i-r as smog capital by one measure the atmosphere here is two to five times dirtier than in los angeles which is already apparently a really smoggy city oh yeah a sobering statistic for the capital's population of 11 million so in 1997 i guess uh beijing was established as the pollution capital of the world. A title which they hold to this day. Yeah, pollution. That sucks. May 5th, as digital TV arrives, cable's picture may not be so clear. While the broadcast television networks are busy buying equipment so they can begin offering crystal clear digital high definition programs starting next year, the nation's cable operators are going in the opposite direction. The major cable companies are placing orders for digital equipment that will allow them to expand their program offerings and, not incidentally, reduce the quality of the pictures they transmit. This is true. Oh my god. Yeah. Why? Also, I like that. I like how hopeful it is that digital TV is right around the corner. For those of you who, who may or may not keep up, the U.S. switched over to digital in 2009. Canada did in 2011. This article is from 1997. Well done. Yeah. Solid implementation. But yeah, as someone who, like, I rarely watch cable TV anymore. And cable looks like shit. It like, does. I watch antenna TV fairly often. My dad has an antenna, so whenever I go over to his place for dinner or something, I get to see pretty nice quality TV. TV. Mm -hmm. Last time I saw cable, it just looked like garbage. It was like a shitty compressed YouTube video. It was like watching a YouTube video on like 360p. Oh, gross. Yeah. All right, moving on. Just one note on the week overall. I, I cherry picked this little snippet. This week, Ted Turner said that his CNN should carry more positive stories to balance his coverage of tragedies. He's quoted as saying, we ought to be reporting on some of the things that we're doing right. Good how job, long CNN. How long do you think Teddy Turner stuck with this one? A week and a half? I'm going to say three weeks. Oh, 
optimistic. Yeah. All right, let's dive into movies and music. What is going on at the weekend box office? Let's take a look. Ooh, there's some good stuff this week. Oof. Top of the box office. What is number one? I'm not familiar with that. Oh, Breakdown? Yeah. That's Kurt Russell. It is Kurt Russell. It did pretty well. Uh, I don't know how I don't remember this because it grossed $50 million. Uh, You don't remember it because we were nine years old and it was an R-rated movie. Oh, yeah. And we were probably busy seeing number two at the box office, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Oh, yes. My parents wouldn't let me go see it. Really? Well, I was nine. I saw From Dusk Till Dawn, like, when I was seven, probably. I remember the first time I got to see Austin Powers. It was at a friend's house after it came out. Were you blown away? It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen until that point in my life. Yeah, I think it would have been really funny as, like, a nine-year-old. I think it still holds up. Like, it's super corny. Gold member might not. But yeah, I, I really have just had an urge to watch these movies lately, and I, I yep. it's been a while. Yep. And moving down the list, there are some really solid ones on here. We have Volcano at number three, Liar Liar, classic I'm Jim Carrey. My ass. <laughs> That's my favorite line from. Oh, what are it- you doing? <laughs> Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, which I think was the first big thing that Lisa Kudrow did outside of Friends, right? Yeah, probably. Anaconda's on here. Gross Point Blank. Scream. Scream. Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Classic Kevin Smith. Jerry Maguire's still clinging on. Star Wars Special Editions are hanging on for dear life. There's a lot going on. Yeah, this is a pretty good week to be, you know, existing in this decade and just liking those 90s movies. All right. Let's hope this carries over onto the Billboard Hot 100. It certainly does. Because at number one, we have Hypnotized by the Notorious B.I.G. I didn't recognize this based on the title, but as soon as I heard it start playing, I was like, oh. That opening. Just oh, biggie, biggie, can't you see? That, oh. Hypnotize me. So good. Yeah, this was the first single released uh, after Biggie's death. That's true. Yeah, and it shot right to number one, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Um, coming in at number two, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down by Puff Daddy, then Puff Daddy. Yeah, this was number two the last time we did 97. Uh, it was number one, so it did ascend to the top position and then got pushed out by by biggie yeah uh incidentally uh puff daddy sean combs p diddy diddy puffy whatever he produced both of these songs oh. obviously produced his own song and yeah he was the producer for uh for the Joris b.i.g's album interesting yeah three up from four when we did it last time is foolish games by jewel Ugh. ah no blah okay when i re-listened to all these songs i skipped can't nobody hold me down because i was like i listened to this last time I listened to all of the Jewel song. I believe it. Coming in number four, we have For You I Will by Monica from the Space Jam soundtrack. I didn't know it was from Space Jam. We'll talk about Monica at some point. Brandy and Monica, I think. And number five, I Want You by Savage Garden. This is the first Savage Garden single, probably my second favorite one, besides Truly Madly Deeply. And now, just a quick sad note. Dropping out of the top five this week at number six is Wannabe by the Spice Girls. But don't worry, they'll be back. They will be back. Oh my god. You know what debuted this week? Oh god. <laughs> Brand spanking new. Number 16. Mbop Hansen. Uh, I like a lot of 90s boy band music. I still don't know where I lie on Hansen. Hansen uh, was a step too far. Yeah, it might actually be. I believe I Can Fly is still hanging on. Oh, Secret Garden? Springsteen? It's a classic. I Shot the Sheriff by Warren G's still on here. Oh. Oh, and now we've hit you too. So now's a good time to end. Number 30, Staring at the Sun, you too. You know what? Let's end on a positive note. 31, we've got one of my favorite one-hit wonders, The Freshman by The Verve Pipe. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. The, the second we mentioned the, it, the second, yeah, the band, second band yeah. containing the word <laughs> verve, <laughs> containing the words the verve. Yeah. All right. That is as good a place to end as any. Let's uh this week on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what's on Simpsons, Friends, and Seinfeld this week. We're actually gonna briefly mention all of them. Seinfeld, season eight, episode twenty, the Millennium. Elaine gets bad service at a clothing store, so she begins shopping at a similar store. <laughs> Jerry noticed that he's on his girlfriend's speed dial. Kramer plans for his Millennium New year's eve party this was a pretty good episode a lot of solid plot lines elaine uh at the uh central american kind of clothing store that yeah. she gets bad service at so yeah. she goes to the other one which is owned by the same girl and then gets kramer oh this is i think maybe the first time or maybe only time we see he penny packer oh that's true the millennium party the newman with the newmanium newmanium the newmanium oh my god oh the speed dial was good speed too which tied good. into the elaine thing because yeah. he eventually gets put on the one girl's speed dial because it was this was the myspace top eight of the 90s which isn't a thing now but no it was a thing for a while yeah yeah the place on the speed dial and then Mm -hmm. he gets hidden under poison control yeah good episode simpsons i'm just going to talk about briefly it's the frank grimes episode Mm -hmm. pretty funny episode overall yeah i would say it's a classic simpsons it's a classic memorable one grimy grimy yeah yeah very funny very sad frank grimes was meant to be our window it was meant to be what would it be like if a real person was transplanted into the simpsons so, Spoiler alert, it didn't go well. We are Frank Grimes. Oh, God. We are all Frank Grimes. Oh. Yeah, that's, Don't a, say that's that. a terrible thing. To Don't think. say that about us. You know what? We just got to live life like we're a little more Homer and a little less grimy. True words have never been spoken mm. this episode. Moving on, I am proud to say that we are going to be talking about our very first Friends episode because this is the one with Ross's Thing. I'm going to read you the summary from IMDb because it was actually pretty good. Ross's thing is something on his derriere. He doesn't know what it is. Chandler doesn't know what it is. Joey doesn't know what it is. A large contingent of conventional doctors don't know what it wow. is. So Phoebe sends him to Guru Saj, the herbalist, to figure out what it is. Guru Saj doesn't know exactly what it is, but solves the problem, not with medicine, conventional or otherwise. Meanwhile, Pete mentions to Monica that he has something important to tell her. Blah, blah, blah. No one cares about the rest of the episode. It's all about Ross. It's all about Ross. So Ross has this thing on his butt. No one knows what it is. And eventually he gives in to Phoebe's request to go see Guru Saj. And the Guru accidentally, while inspecting the thing, clips it with his watch and removes it from Ross's butt. That's uh, that's one way to... This is a borderline classic Friends episode. Yeah. It's actually funny even. I don't I don't remember this one. I just didn't watch Friends as much. I remember like I remember watching this at home when it aired and yeah. seeing him clip it and laughing so hard. That I was nine. Funny. But it was yeah. so funny. Oh, good stuff. Alright, moving on to one of our new segments, sometime this year. This one is actually a combination of Sometime This Year and uh, The Toy Chest, which might be renamed later. To combine these two segments, sometime in 1997, the production of the popular kids' toy Stretch Armstrong came to an end. Why? I don't know. With an estimated 67 versions in production from the mid-70s to the mid-90s, you very likely had one of these or you knew someone who did. Stretch Armstrong was one of those classic toys of my childhood. I never never actually owned one. Me either. I wanted one so bad, but I just never... I guess I opted for Megazords over the Stretch Armstrong. True. 
And I think one time they I were got so to violent. play with it. Yeah, they were. They're so heavy. There was one that someone had taken out of a box at a Toys R Us. Mm. And it was just sitting there. So I got to play with it. I They're got to stretch cool. them. Yeah. So strings go out to forever. Yeah. Stretch Armstrong is made of latex rubber filled with gelled corn syrup, which is what allows it to retain its shape for a short time after you stretch it before shrinking back to its original size. That's the magic behind uh, old Stretchy. And in even weirder news, in 2008... Universal Studios signed a deal with Hasbro to make a Stretch Armstrong movie with Taylor Lautner in the leading <laughs> role. Me. No, this is real. Wait, this is pre-Twilight. Yeah. 2000, Jesus. This would have been his big break. Yeah, this was uh, post-Shark Boy and Lava Girl and pre-Twilight. Yep. That um, fell through though, but then another movie deal was made, but then that fell through, and then Netflix picked it up, and oh, they intend to put out do. a 26-episode animated series in 2017. I would love that. Apparently it's happening. Why would... Like, Taylor Lautner was still a teenager in 2000, in 2008. That would have been an interesting casting choice. But his neck is really long, so... Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe that's all it takes. Yeah, maybe that's, that was their casting thing. All right. Actually, stretch arms. Stretch your neck. He didn't really have a neck, though. No, he didn't. Toy. All right, well, that's enough of that. Let's move on to our spotlight. Oh, God. The spotlight is Smash Mouth. Definitely Smash Mouth. It is... It is definitely Smash Mouth. So last week, we kind of got into a little bit of a debate about Smash Mouth. For those Mouth. of you keeping track, I nailed all of those songs, including Flow and Beer Goggles, which was a song. The song that I said was West Coast Party was Pacific Coast Party, yeah. which was still the right coast. I don't know what there is to say about Smash Mouth. It's one of those bands that I don't like... I don't like Smash Mouth. I think I was pretty clear about Just that. Just give them a chance. But I don't want to subject myself to that. I could listen to All Star. And for me, it's just kind of always tied together with Shrek. In the same mm-hmm. way that Shrek is just such a kind of lame but kind of fun movie. That's how I feel about All Star. It's one of those things that I feel like a lame dad would play in like the 90s to be like, Oh, I'm hip with the times. Do you <laughs> oh, kids want to go? What, do you kids want to go to a concert? Yeah. What do you want to go see? I don't know. Well, I'm going to take you to Smash Mouth. And they're like, oh, oh. That feels uncomfortably accurate. Yeah. So. Oh my God. What? The first. Okay. So while we were chatting about it, Chris Googled Smash Mouth in movies to see yeah. where they've been, what soundtracks they've the been a part of. One of the biggest you, I think at least a couple people pointed this out in the comments. One of the biggest things Smash Mouth was known for, one of the biggest things is that they're just in so many fucking movies. They're let's, in the soundtrack for everything. Let's talk about only 90s movies. And the first one is a gem. Oh. The very first soundtrack that Smash Mouth appears on is from 1997 orgasmo yeah where they played sorry about your penis this is perfect this is the best opener uh, you couldn't this write is, this, this is, stuff this is why it's smash mouth apparently they were good with trey parker and matt stone movies because they were in, in all of them yeah yeah they're in basketball uh performing why can't we be friends um they're in half baked we've yeah. got them in american werewolf in paris yeah basketball An episode of sabrina the teenage witch oh gross inspector gadget inspector Gadget. Did you say gross about Sabrina the Teenage Witch? No, I said gross about Inspector Gadget. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, the first Inspector Gadget movie was all right. It was it's okay. The second one with French Stewart. It that ruined was a, it. That it was a ruined garbage. it. You know what? I don't care what you say. I am definitely going to say it not 90s movies oh, because fine. everyone knows it was featured so prominently in Shrek. That's true. Uh, last one we should mention about 90s, though, is Mystery Men. Okay, definitely Mystery Men. Apparently it was in the Digimon movie soundtrack. But how are we not mentioning that they were in Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo? That is very fitting. That Smash might be Mouth where we end it. I don't know. I want to mention a couple more. Okay. Mostly Rat Race. Oh, my remember God. Remember Rat Race when yes. they were actually in it and they end at the... That was actually... Mr. Bean, John like Cleese, John Lovitz... 
great movie. I remember it being good. I don't know if it still holds up, but oh, John uh, John Lovitz with the, uh, the Hitler, the Hitler thing. Yeah, yeah the when Hitler he takes car. Hitler. Oh, and he... Mr. Bean's a narcoleptic. Oh yeah, just the, the scene where they're chased by all the all the bikers. Yeah, and he burns heads. his tongue. Yeah. yeah, and then they end up at a World War II thing, and he's like talking like Hitler in the microphone. That Austin Powers may have been the most you have laughed uh, till that point in your life in 2001 or whenever the hell Rat Race came out. I died in the theater. I want that back. We we ventured off the track a little bit there. That's enough about Smash Mouth, I think. You love them, hate them, they exist. Uh, for and the, we have to deal with that. For the record, I'm sad to announce that you have spoken on Facebook and the majority of listeners do not like Smash Mouth. <laughs> it's a slight majority and 13 people isn't exactly the biggest sample size, but I'll take that victory. I hate this. All right. Uh, moving- I'm just going to throw this out there. If we get 100 shares on anything, let's just say anything in the next two weeks, oh. I will karaoke perform and record myself singing All Star with gusto and upload it to YouTube. I'm on board with that. I feel like I'm going to have to match this. Uh, my One thing minute. is to be determined as I've not given any thought to it uh, because you just said it, but uh, that's out there in the world. Yep. All right. Moving on to our sponsorship segment. Every weekend on the podcast, as you know, we make up a fictitious sponsor to serve as a placeholder for the sponsors. We are hopeful that we will one day have. And at least it's good practice. This week, the podcast is brought to you by the notion that you don't have to pay until the year 2000. This was a big deal in the oh, it was such a big deal in the late 90s. Now, Come 1997, I think that was the first year of it. Yeah, we had a bit of a debate about this. There was a we back and discussing forth. It, this. I think it started much earlier. I think it was as early as 95. I think You're it was like a 97, 98. Yeah. You know what? If you have an opinion on this, let us know on the Facebook. If you have a solid memory of when Don't Pay Until the Year 2000 started, let us know. Because I just remember it being monumental. Thinking, and maybe it was different in the States than it was in Canada. For yeah, us, did they the, even run it in the States? I'm sure it must have because the canadian appliance retailer leon's. yeah leon's was the they champion had, of this oh they had those ads for years don't pay a cent until the year 2000. And that was such a big deal because 2000 was so far away and the world might end. So you might not have to pay ever. You gotta be hopeful. If the apocalypse is coming, you gotta get something out of it. It might as well be a new washer and dryer. Big leather couch. Mm-hmm. A big screen TV, which at the time probably only would have been like 30 or 40 inches. But hey, that's a 90s for you. 30 or 40 inches and like 600 pounds. Yeah. Oh my God. Those old TVs are the worst. Yeah. Lifting floor models was like, painful. We've lifted a lot of floor models in our day. We're not going to tell you why, but they're very heavy. heavy. They are very heavy. heavy. And they're loud when they explode. Not that we know. Not um, that we don't know. Yeah, so don't pay until the year 2000. This was What a, a novel money, idea. Yeah, a novel idea. No, you don't pay this century. You don't pay this millennium. Ugh. It was just so... It was just like when Prince said that they were going to party like it's 1999. It invoked the exact same feeling of, well, that's so far away. It doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. We should thank the sponsor. Thank you for... Thank you for delaying the inevitable. Ooh. Thank you for giving us hope for the new millennium. And thank you for a couch or some shit. Yeah, definitely. All right. Moving on to our giveaway winners. We had, what was it, 13? Yeah, we had 13 entries. 13 entries. We had to cut it off early. Apologies if you didn't get in on time. I am going on a southern vacation next week. Lucky bastard. An unexpected southern vacation. So we had to record early. So our three winners are as follows. Katie Bristow, Casper Klimsky, and Ryan Lovett. Katie, I believe you work with Chris. I believe you do too. Love it. We don't work together, but I mean, I know you. So we're not going to mail out either of your cards, but Casper... I hope I'm not butchering your name. We'll mail those out to you. So if you can send us your info, 
I will send you some Power Rangers cards. They're pretty sweet. They are pretty cool. Aren't you glad you voted you hated Smash Mouth, Katie? You weren't gonna, but you were very adamant about your Smash Mouth hate. You should take it back, though. All right. Should we spin the wheel for the next episode? We should spin the wheel. So next week, we will be doing May 6th to 12th. That's a fine spin. 1994. That's I'm going cool. to say it. I'm going to say it right now. You don't right. want me to, but I'm going to no, say no, it. No, no, let's go for it. It actually landed on four. However, we'd pre-planned for this episode to be 1994 because we haven't done 94 yeah, we haven't in a done while. Yeah, we have done 94 in a while. So we got to spread it out. We got to rig it, but now it's We didn't even have to rig it. It's meant to be. It's in the cards. Yep. Find us on Facebook at oh. Stuck in the 90s Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, also at Stuck in the 90s Podcast. You can now find us... On Twitter at SIT90S, stuck in the 90s, abbreviated SIT90s. That's us. We're going to be posting on Twitter. We're going to be following people. We're going to just be just shamelessly whoring ourselves out. Yeah. What else do we have? Our email. Yeah, uh, email. Stuck in the 90s podcast at gmail.com. If you want to chat, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. If you want to use Twitter and Instagram, uh, like some people have, to send us, you know, classic 90s images, send us what you got. We'll repost it. Get on us in any way you want, and we'll be happy to, I don't know, absorb that content and act accordingly. I think it's that a, was non-committal as fuck. It really was. I think it's super cool that you guys like participate in this thing with us. We enjoy making the podcast, obviously, but it's really cool that so many of you have reached out just to say, hey, you know, thanks for making it. We like listening. Here are some fun images or your suggestions for segments and things to discuss. It's me. It's been really cool. So thank you for that. One final note. Partially because we are recording this episode early and partially because we just feel like it. Uh, since... We cut off the entries for the contest a little early. Next week, we'll be doing a giveaway of five cards, and we might make that the thing from now on. Is that a thing we're doing? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be giving away five packs next week. We don't know what our uh, what our participation question's gonna be yet. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something, and I've got nothing else to add. That's it for me should too. We, should we put a pin in this one? Yes. Wrap it in a nice little bow and say the podcast is now, is now over. over.